Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Blockware Intelligence Podcast. This week, I have on Manib from Stacks. Manib, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, thanks for having me. Of course. So I want to hear more about like your origin story. Tell us how you originally got into Bitcoin. All right. That would uh, take me all the way back to my grad school. Uh, I was doing a PhD in distributed systems. And I was about to actually finish my thesis. Uh, so it was the, 2013 was the year I was supposed to graduate. And um, w- with, uh, with my co-founder, Ryan Shea, back in the day, uh, we, I put my thesis on, on kind of like pause. And we were trying to kind of like, you know, try out a bunch of startup ideas and, and stumbled upon Bitcoin. And I thought that I'm taking like one year leave from my, my PhD program. And, you know, just work trying to build like something in the startup world. And that turned into a effectively like a 10 year journey so far. Right. So I uh, discovered the rabbit hole of Bitcoin and, and has just been going deep and deep uh, since then. And surprisingly, I actually went back to grad school roughly in 2017 uh, to finish a thesis that was about, you know, building on Bitcoin and how can you have like these smart contract layers and applications. Uh, what that use Bitcoin as a base layer, right? So I ended up doing the thesis, but it's a completely different thesis, right? Like I had to like throw away all of my earlier research from uh, from 2013. That's that's been my journey. Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin was like eighty ninety dollars back then. Whenever it would go above a hundred, I would think it's too expensive, and I, I wouldn't buy. Very cool. What was your? I'm curious. What was your original thesis back in 2013? Uh, it, it it like now looks honestly so boring looking back at that. It was like trying to make, you know, data centers more efficient and basically doing more incremental work in, in, in cloud computing effectively. In between your, your two theses, were you mainly just working on startups or did you have any like full-time jobs in, in between that? Uh, no. So I think we were uh, kind of like hacking for free for a bit, like me, me and Ryan. And then we raised a little bit of seed capital uh, trying to build Bitcoin applications, right? So I don't know if some of the real OG people, they would remember us from the one name, uh, one name app. Uh, it was kind of like a about me. You had your profile picture, some basic kind of like profile data, and it was stored on the Bitcoin chain, right? So you could get a uh, name. So I had like Muneeb.id. That, that, that's, that, that predates, this predates like ENS, right? This was built on Bitcoin. You could get a, uh, uh, a human readable name along with the profile. And, and I think around 2015 or so, it was one of the largest uh, applications sending transactions on the, on the, on the Bitcoin uh, main chain, right? To the extent that some of the Bitcoin core developers were yelling at us that we are trying to scale Bitcoin for payments and you guys are building these different use cases that is just sending like junk garbage data on the, on the main Bitcoin chain and kind of kind of like adding to our problems of, of scalability. And I think a lot of our experiences building like uh, applications like OneName directly on the Bitcoin layer actually informed the design of Stacks, which which uh, roughly started in like 2017 after after my thesis. Nice, yeah. So I, I definitely know you're working on Stacks now. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What's what's it all about? Yes, I think uh, the the main uh, kind of like thesis or design uh, that we follow is that Bitcoin's base layer is simple, uh, it's durable, it's not gonna change, uh, Bitcoin is money, right? And, and let's contrast that to something like Ethereum, uh, where the base layer is actually much more complex, it has smart contracts, it has all sorts of kind of like, you know, uh, features and functionality. Uh, and some of those things are interesting to developers, right? Like they wanna use these smart contracts, they wanna build, let's call it like decentralized exchanges, like AMMs, or NFT marketplaces, whatever the developers want to build, right? So the argument on the Bitcoin side is that it's a really nice property that Bitcoin is simple and it doesn't change and people can kind of like, you know, treat it as a durable base layer, but then you can build other types of features and applications as Bitcoin layers. So I think Lightning is, is a great example of a Bitcoin layer. It is mostly targeted towards faster, cheaper payments of Bitcoin. So it, 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 Lightning itself is actually like, you know, um, not that uh, complicated in a way, right? It doesn't have smart contracts, doesn't have a lot of other things. It doesn't have a global ledger. It's just made for faster, cheaper payments. And people move their BTC into Lightning, make the payments, and then take take the BTC out. So Stacks is a Bitcoin layer that has uh, smart contracts. So it has a ledger 
It has a ledger separate from Bitcoin, uh, which is very important. Uh, going back to you know the Bitcoin core developers yelling at us for building an app that is uh, resulting in a lot of transactions on Bitcoin, people don't want that, right? So with a separate ledger, uh, you're not impacting the Bitcoin state. You're not putting junk garbage data uh, that from a Bitcoin perspective, this data is not needed, right? So you have a separate ledger where you can store that data uh, and, and this, this smart contract layer uh, can evolve independently of Bitcoin. So you can, you know, Bitcoin requires uh, uh, like a much higher bar to when a new feature or change is introduced at, at Bitcoin. But Bitcoin layers can uh, upgrade much faster, right? Like they're more experimental. So developers who want to build these applications can actually do that on Bitcoin layers. And these, these Bitcoin layers are then settling data on, on, on Bitcoin itself. So you can do thousands of transactions on Stacks or you're, you're you know, using all sorts of applications on Stacks, but the data is eventually settling on Bitcoin. And that's a, that's a very nice property to have. I definitely agree that it makes a lot of sense to at least, whether you're building on Bitcoin or at least building some sort of second layer, you know, that's kind of based off of Bitcoin rather than building on something like Ethereum or Solana that can just get changed, you know, overnight by a small group of people. I think that makes a lot of sense. So do you think something like Stack Stacks will like replace Ethereum or are they like in, in competition with each other? Yeah, so I think, there, first of all, there, there are a bunch of uh, Bitcoin layers. Like, I, I take a very broad definition of a Bitcoin layer. So something like RSK, in my view, is a Bitcoin layer, right? Like, you can peg in your Bitcoin. It, it also has a separate ledger. Uh, even systems like Liquid, uh, it, it is more federated. But you can think of that as a, as a Bitcoin layer as well, right? So the general uh, kind of, like, design that I have in mind is, if you look at the Internet, TCP IP was very, very simple, right? It uh, doesn't change that much either. And then people were able to build other things on top of it, like HTTP or other types of functionality that uses TCP IP, right? So our thesis is that Bitcoin itself is a very, very valuable money layer and a settlement layer, right? And right now I think it's used more as money, mostly, mostly for uh, store of value, right? But uh, it's not used that much for, for as a settlement layer, and 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 I think it would be used more and more as a settlement layer uh, looking into the future. Because if you look at systems like Ethereum and Solana and so on, they do have to introduce a cryptocurrency, right? That's kind of like the base uh, currency of of that ecosystem. People are doing trading against that currency, or they have to uh, kind of like secure the base ledger and data in their blockchains as well. Uh, so I, I do think that that settling data on Bitcoin gives you much better security guarantees that something that's written to Bitcoin is going to be around for decades from now, right? Like it's like a neutral uh, uh, playing ground. Anyone can settle data on Bitcoin and then just agree that, yes, this is exactly what happened. And it's not like someone can come back and just change the history. So if you have a much more centralized system, uh, people cannot be sure that that that. Uh, a handful of actors can't just come together and just change the history of what happened on that system, right? So you get that really nice, nice property from Bitcoin. And more importantly, Bitcoin is the largest capital base, right? Like it's the uh, it's the highest market cap project. There's a ton of capital in BDC that's basically available. And I do think that right now we're at a place in the in the industry where there are relatively less developers building and doing useful things with uh, BDC uh, versus some of the other ecosystems. And that is something that we are trying to change because I think Bitcoin benefits uh, as more and more developers come in and they're trying to do interesting things with Bitcoin because the model on Bitcoin, like I think it's worth kind of like talking a little bit about why that is happening, that because you can't really have smart contracts on Bitcoin, you can't directly build uh, applications due to scalability and, and all of these things at the Bitcoin base there, there are more technical challenges to kind of like peg in your Bitcoin from the main chain uh, into a Bitcoin layer and then use that Bitcoin in that layer and then bring it back. And there have been several solutions like RSK has uh, kind of like their own hardware based federated type of a solution. The Stacks uh, uh, Bitcoin layer is working on kind of like their version of what a Bitcoin peg in and, and peg out looks like. But I think once this infrastructure matures more, it makes a ton of sense for people where you know your long-term savings and holdings are, are kind of like living on the Bitcoin main layer, but whatever capital you want to deploy into applications or your more experimental play around money,
could actually move into these Bitcoin layers and people can, can do trading, people can play around with NFTs, whatever they want to do. And that type of economy is at a very early stage uh, for Bitcoin right now. But in the long term, I am very, very bullish on Bitcoin layers. And I think once done right, uh, a lot of people would want to do things in Bitcoin versus going to these, some of these smaller, smaller ecosystems. And that's kind of like the core thesis uh, that we have. No, I mean, I think that like, makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, the Bitcoin base layer is, you know, extremely stable. It's very predictable. You know, its supply schedule is immutable. The consensus rules can't be changed very easily. So I, I definitely think layers are how it's going to be built out. I guess, my, personally, I'm, I'm not quite sure of, like, which layers are going to be the ones that, you know, end up getting picked or getting utilized the most. I'm curious to get your thoughts on, like, what do you think are, like, the most important DeFi apps that could theoretically be built on Bitcoin or already are built on Bitcoin? And like, why wouldn't, you know, because a lot of Bitcoiners, I guess, and even myself somewhat, you know, push back on like, I think a lot of the traditional DeFi type stuff is like Ponzi, nonsense, yield farming. But I'm curious to know, like, what are your thoughts? Like, what's like some real use cases that excite you? Yeah, I think I think there there are some. Uh, by the way, first I agree that you know a bunch of the the DeFi stuff could be really crazy and people doing all sorts of things. That kind of like comes with having this attitude of experimentation and letting people do whatever they want to do, right? And let the markets kind of like uh, weed weed that out. But in terms of the applications that excite me, or I've seen a bunch of Bitcoiners get very very excited about that as well. Uh, I think the first one would be stable coins, right? In the sense that. Uh, there's this uh, this application that uh, you know a lot of my Bitcoin friends uh, really want, which is that can I put BTC into a secure smart contract, right? Whereas it's not like you know the a Turing complete uh, uh, Solidity style contract, but something that is more secure, where you can have formal proofs over the security properties of that smart contract. So can I put my B- Bitcoin into a smart contract versus giving it to a company, and and draw a stablecoin loan against it, right? So as a Bitcoiner, we, are, we don't want to sell our Bitcoin, right? A lot of people are in that same boat, but it would be nice to get some liquidity option, right? Like I, I don't care about how much collateral do I have to put in uh, based on price swings. I can put 300% collateral, 400% collateral and take some stablecoin loan out and I'm happy paying back that loan uh, instead of like selling my Bitcoin and getting a tax hit on that. So I think that's a very real application that a lot of uh, Bitcoiners are interested in. Right now, they don't do it because uh, realistically in the industry, you either have to give your Bitcoin to a company and then that company can go under, as we saw, the companies go bankrupt, or they have to have some sort of a custodial trusted peg to a system like Ethereum and then try to use that application on Ethereum, which a lot of uh, people in Bitcoin, due to various reasons, they don't feel comfortable with that software stack or those programming languages and so on, right? So uh, right now the market is basically that Bitcoiners would rather not do anything with their money than put it in, a, uh, give it to to a custodial for an application like this. So I think that's, that's one. Another one is if you look at where Bitcoin gets traded these days, uh, it's, it's mostly large centralized exchanges like Bitcoin, uh, like, like Coinbase or Binance. Whereas if you look on Ethereum, uh, these, these uh, AMM-like uh, uh, exchanges uh, like Uniswap now have some of the deepest liquidity pools for ETH. And as a person who really likes decentralization, I think we have to admit that it is a better user experience and, and better for, uh, from a decentralization perspective for the user to actually have ownership of their own funds. So if, you're, if you have ETH in your own wallet on, on MetaMask and you can actually trade it against a stable coin or, or whatever swap you want to make and then trade back anything that you want to do, that is a more decentralized way of doing things than moving your money to Binance or Coinbase. And a lot of Bitcoiners would you know, tweet about, hey, move your, move your coins off of exchanges and I completely agree with it. But at the same time, there need to be real decentralized exchanges that Bitcoiners could use, right? So I think Bitcoin layers can really help with that, where uh, if, if there are more trustless peg solutions available, you can have decentralized wallets where uh, you have custody of your BTC. But if you want to swap it against a stable coin or just, you know, you, you want to trade it and then trade back into BTC, uh, you could do that in a decentralized way. 
uh, versus relying on centralized exchanges, again, which could get hacked, which could go under, they could go bankrupt, and there's that risk factor. So I think those are some of the applications that have like much clear uh, market need already established, like billions of dollars of BTC already trades on a daily basis on centralized exchanges. And I think that can be done in a decentralized way. And there's already market data from Ethereum and other systems that proves that you know some of these applications could be could be pretty useful and a lot of users want to use it. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much fully agree that you know the idea of building a decentralized exchange or the idea of at least creating this you know Bitcoin over collateralized stablecoin all decentralized is like super interesting. I guess just still so early. Um, that you know, a lot of people don't like you said don't trust it, or you know, with all these various side chains or, or whatnot. I'm curious, have you heard of uh, Sovereign Zero product or Zero protocol built on RSK or Rootstock? And do you have any thoughts on on that? Yeah, I think I think it's a great effort. Uh, I'm, I'm friends with Iago, and he has kept me updated on some of the great work that is happening. And I think one of the one of the uh, kind of like views that I have is if you're a Bitcoiner then it's like, you know, you don't care about which Bitcoin layer takes off, right? Because it's good for your Bitcoin. It's, it's good for the Bitcoin ecosystem. So I, I, I very much encourage, and there, there already exists like a, a lot of this feeling and people working on various Bitcoin layers uh, that we can help each other, right? So similar to uh, how I'm pretty, pretty close with Jago, it keeps me updated, we exchange ideas, and we are kind of like excited about similar things. I do think there needs to be this like more shared sense of success uh, that you know Bitcoin layers are good for Bitcoin. Like you know they, uh, if some of them take off or a bunch of them take off, like that's as a Bitcoiner, like you are. If anything, the more experiments there are as Bitcoin layers, the more it gets de-risked because people are trying out different things. It's good for decentralization. It's good that different designs are being uh, being explored. And then the market will decide and people would, uh, would learn through trial and error that which things work better than the others, right? So we should always be encouraging experimentation. We should always be encouraging more developers coming in because we also have to realize, I think this is a thing that sometimes um, some, I get into these discussions where outside of the Bitcoin community, a lot of the people would, I, and I think rightly so, would criticize that the total number of developers or startups that are really building in the Bitcoin ecosystem is relatively much smaller to the rest of the industry, right? And I think that is something to think more about, that at the end of the day, Bitcoin is an open source project. You need a lot of developers to come in and, and use Bitcoin, build like a Bitcoin economy, have a lot of applications built. And there's already that first uh, challenge because smart con like full smart contracts don't exist at the Bitcoin base layer or you have to build these separate Bitcoin layers to do more more kind of like, you know, new experimental things. First, that infrastructure needs to mature, which is not the case with Ethereum. Yes, Ethereum is building Ethereum layers as well, but people, developers could already build like fairly advanced applications directly on the Ethereum main chain, right? So on the Bitcoin side, people who are deciding to build here, they're already uh, kind of like doing additional work to build the Bitcoin layers and then uh, uh, developers are coming and building the applications and, and so on. And that market, I think we it, it's okay to admit that it's relatively small right now, but these people are very enthusiastic and I think they believe they're true, like, mission-driven folks. Uh, and I think, like, uh, in the coming years, I'm at least personally very bullish that that market is going to grow a lot because the Bitcoin's properties are fundamental, right? Like, and a, a lot of people realize that, that uh, Bitcoin is here to stay. And some of the technical challenges and better developer tooling and things like that, it can be achieved, right? It's a solvable engineering thing and people people can do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. One thing that like, because I, I Sovereign Zero Protocol and, and if that was built on Stacks, similar, similar product, I think that would interest me. I haven't done, you know, uh, Sovereign Zero Protocol, mainly because I guess, I haven't trusted, I guess, like the, the, the smart contract code for that protocol specifically, but also being able to just peg in your Bitcoin and then peg it out via the side chain. Obviously, like we talked about at the beginning, you know, Bitcoin's base layer is the most least uncertain, the most trustless, you know, blockchain there is. And then once you t introduce these side chains, that's a whole another level of risk. I'm curious to know, like, what are the trade-offs between like base layer Bitcoin and something like Stacks? Like, how? What are what are like the risks that you're 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 taking on? 
Yes. So I think uh, in terms of in terms of design, I would say uh, with the various Bitcoin layers, let's let's compare like you know Lightning, Stacks, RSK, and and Liquid. Uh, Lightning clearly stands out because over there you have cryptographic guarantee that I could just sign a transaction, broadcast it on Bitcoin, and I can take my money out of Lightning. Right. So I think Lightning, I would say, uh, would be the most secure in that sense where you have a strong cryptographic guarantee that I could at any time just sign a transaction and get my money back, right? So that's, that. I, w- I would call it the gold standard, right? Like the, the Lightning becomes kind of like the gold standard. And then uh, the RSK system, I think it basically has a, a federation of hardware wallets, right? So you're kind of like trusting um, this federation of hardware wallets that the Bitcoin is actually going into their possession and they're issuing the Bitcoin derivative asset RBTC on the RSK chain, and then you can do a peg out. So the trust is basically in this layer of, uh, it's almost like a federation uh, and a hardware wallet. And yes, there are kind of like more bells and whistles attached. And people can kind of like read the RSK uh, documentation for exactly how the system works. But at a high level, that's what it is, right? And in terms of liquid, uh, it's it, I would say RSK, is in my mind sort of a, a federation model, but Liquid is even more federated than than RSK, right? So there aren't these hardware wallets involved or these uh, the the, uh, the set of my, uh, set of uh, people who control those hardware wallets, but the federation members and I believe Blockstream plays a large role there. So you're kind of like trusting the company or the company plus like some other members uh, to do the peg in and peg out. So these systems are pretty far away from um, the uh, the dream idea of like there could be a trustless peg, right? Like you're not trusting anyone in the middle uh, and you can do that. So the work that's happening on the stack side, the system that's live today is called XBDC. Uh, that's actually flat out custodial. It's very similar to WBDC. Uh, just like, you know, uh, WBDC on Ethereum, there's a custodian in the middle. XBDC is a, a custodian solution with Anchorage. But the peg in and out system that uh, people are working on right now uh, is a economically secured system where uh, effectively think of like a decentralized set of people who are uh, economically incentivized to sign the peg out transactions because they stand to lose more money if they don't sign the peg out. Right? That, that's roughly kind of like the direction that the stacks community is heading in. And I think that's an interesting addition to the design space that do you want to trust a federation or do you want to trust kind of like this more uh, dynamic group of people who at least have an economic incentive uh, to sign this and I would say the 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 cryptographic uh, security that Lightning has would always kind of like remain the best the, the best form of it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you made a lot of good points. I've I'm very active on Lightning. I have my own Lightning node. I've got like 20 channels or whatever opened up, and I I trust Lightning. Like I I I understand that there's definitely more risk than holding base layer Bitcoin, but I I actually use Lightning. I have you know, actual money on Lightning. Not much money, but some money. And uh, and I don't have any money on Liquid. I don't have money on RSK, and I also don't have money on on Stacks. So I think it's going to get better, and I hope it does, and it gets becomes more trustless. And maybe like you know, two years out, five years out, RSK or Stacks gets fully in- implemented, and it, you know it doesn't break. And then I think people might start to trust it. Um, but yeah, I think it's like getting getting to a certain point, and then getting over that hurdle to where like Bitcoiners feel comfortable putting their Bitcoin on a side chain. Is there any, like, I know I was talking to Eden Yago, who's the uh, founder of Sovereign, on a podcast a few weeks ago, and he was talking about potential changes to Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Core, that could be implemented as softworks that might make these side chains more trustless. Do you have any, like, things you would want to eventually see Bitcoin Core, like, implement that would make either Stacks better or RSK better or any sort of side chain to where, as a normal Bitcoiner, Bitcoiner, I could have more trust like I do in, in Lightning. Yeah, I think, I think in general, uh, the, when we are building kind of like these Bitcoin layers or side chains, uh, whatever team people prefer, uh, my thinking is usually that we don't expect changes from Bitcoin, right? Because Bitcoin is going to change very, very slowly and whatever change occurs, uh, then you can think about how to include that. Like, for example, you know, Taproot took a while to go live, but once it went live, 
very quickly the stacks layer is now including you know taproot type support in the next next uh, upgrade right so that's one model where we don't try to rely on bitcoin changes but if you could have a wish list that you know 3 years from now 5 years from now what are the type of things you know bitcoin core should introduce uh, a, a thing that would be very high on my list would be merkle proof checking meaning that someone can can produce like you know uh some data that is saying that hey i i i have a piece of information but the proof of that could be done at the bitcoin base layer right and these 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 things are actually they don't take that much uh data and space either and they're not very computationally incentive uh, intensive meaning that you know you're not doing like very um very intensive calculations at the bitcoin layer but just having like basic merkle proof checking could actually enhance the design space of like what's possible on these bitcoin layers and you're you're using more of like bitcoin security uh to actually check the data that that uh, maybe otherwise exists on the uh, on on the sidechain yeah no i think that that makes a lot of sense um and yeah it's just going to take time and and change some changes might be made and maybe there won't be changes but um that's why i think at the end of the day some you know a lot of bitcoiners i guess might push back on a lot of this and and say like hey like bitcoin works as it is it you know it, it doesn't need changes it doesn't even really need sidechain like yes it would be cool to be able to trade bitcoin versus dollars in a decentralized way and maybe one day we need that if there's like very author- authoritarian governments but you know at the end of the day i, th- I think many bitcoiners would say if bitcoin became hardened today it would still be fairly successful like would you agree with that or would you disagree i think if you if you look at the market data um the adoption of bitcoin as money in the real world is far ahead of anything else right like if you if you want to go and buy coffee with with lightning or bitcoin or uh you know even even at in certain uh, parts of the world like you know go to a mcdonald's and have a meal and then pay in lightning i don't think anything else comes close or if you look at institutional adoption of bitcoin as money so i consider those like real world adoption of bitcoin as money and i think bitcoin is clearly winning uh that battle the thing that i'm more concerned about is the use of bitcoin as internet money right and without getting into like hey how useful are these applications or not just looking at the fact that users are doing it right like there are millions of users who want to trade you know jpegs online but they're doing it currently with eth has money right their default they think of like okay i'm going to make this trade uh, i'm trading these nfts but they're doing that with with eth or people who are uh, kind of like you know doing uh, doing trades on decentralized exchanges or using stable coins and they're putting some collateral so those use cases in my mind are used as internet money like there's no physical good attached on the other side a jpeg is a purely digital good uh and i think in, on those cases i don't think bitcoin right now at least uh is being used as internet money and that's the area where i think um where a lot of these bitcoin layers basically want to work in right i don't think they're helping the use of uh, bitcoin's use as as money in the real world they're mostly targeting these online use cases like online only use cases like for example you know um open bazaar Uh, was an application where you could pay with bitcoin for a physical good. I don't think a lot of developers are building things like that on 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 these these systems, but they're building things like an NFT marketplace. It's a purely digital thing, it's internet money and and uh that's the area where I think right now uh if you're being being like very frank and honest, I think bitcoin is 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 not the dominant form of internet money. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean I think me and others would would push back to some extent and be like hey like I you know I personally don't really care about NFTs I don't know if the market for NFTs is going to be like massive 10 years from now I think the way like the the economic system works today is everyone's or at least last year everyone's incentivized to just gamble on speculative tokens meme stocks monkey jpegs and and now it's like maybe they shouldn't be uh, gambling on on monkey jpegs but yeah I, th- I think you made a good make a good point if there are native internet decentralized tokens like i think the a great example of of what we talked about earlier was a bitcoin over collateralized stablecoin to where you have the dollar but the dollar is not connected in any way really to the traditional banking system i think something like that and being able to trade that between bitcoin and dollars would be 
potentially very valuable. Yeah, I think I think the one way to think about this is that uh, even from the early days in Bitcoin, people have been talking about building a circular Bitcoin economy. So that can happen both in the real world, meaning at a, let's say there's a local town and a lot of people start accepting Bitcoin or, or you know, you're buying coffee with Lightning, people are keeping their savings in Bitcoin and, and trades are happening in Bitcoin, right? So that's you're trying to build a circular economy at the local level. And then something similar can happen at the internet level where people are uh, doing whatever that they want to do, right? Like, uh, and they would, it, it, what are they using as money uh, for, uh, on the internet for various applications because that's how users get onboarded, right? So the, uh, the the part of me that I get concerned about is that the next generation or the new people who are going to discover, uh, you know, the Bitcoin and the, and the rest of the crypto industry, like if they're getting onboarded with something else other than Bitcoin as their first currency and then they start using it, then they're missing out on the, on the best asset, right? And that's where the more useful we can make Bitcoin, the more, you know, if we can onboard hundreds of millions of users uh, of people to Bitcoin, right? Like that is really, really good for the Bitcoin economy. So it's the, it's the where the developers are going and the users are going. Like that's the thing that at least I spend a lot of time thinking because most of my work is related to use as internet money. And I think uh, we, we have to see what the industry is doing, right? What the users are doing and what the, what the developers are doing. Yeah, I think this uh, the point that you made on like the circular economy. I think that's fairly interesting, right? Because in a way, like the, the privacy is is the way you accumulate. Most people accumulate Bitcoin now is through an exchange where their KYC government knows and, and the corporations know everything about them. But I guess if you're potentially on like a decentralized exchange built on Bitcoin, you're trading this dollar stable coin, which is not even connected to the banking system and you have your Bitcoin and it's all going back and forth, it kind of like jumbles up people's UTXOs in a way. So yeah, I think that is you know potentially like another interesting pro of, of being able to build things on top of Bitcoin or top yeah, of uh, That reminds layers. me of another application that I think is very, very important, uh, which is uh, privacy features. So right now for, for, for Bitcoin, you know, you can do things like CoinJoin or other, other, other types of uh, ways to get some level of privacy. Uh, but if you look at a solution like Tornado Cash that did get a lot of usage and it's, it's based on, 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 on ZK, uh, it's not possible to implement that at the Bitcoin base layer, but it is possible to implement that at Bitcoin layers, right? A layers like RSK or Stacks. And then the UX uh, becomes like you're going from BTC uh, into RBTC or SBTC or whatever you want to call it. And you're deploying that into the privacy smart contract uh, and you're kind of like getting the freshly fresh new coins out and then pegging them out back to BTC, right? So from a privacy perspective, and again, you don't have to risk a lot of your Bitcoin balance to do that, right? Like you can do tiny amounts uh, at a time, uh, but from a privacy uh, solution perspective, like that's a clearly a, uh, a superior solution to some of the techniques that exist today, uh, but it can't be implemented on Bitcoin's base layer, right? So that's, I think that's a very, very, very important application that uh, hopefully it is important to a lot of Bitcoiners that I could actually just take my BDC and, 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 and pass them through some sort of a privacy solution to get newly kind of like, you know, clean, fresh minted uh, Bitcoin that are not linked with the history of the, of the, of the previous BDC that, that you had. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. A couple of questions that uh, are a little more interesting or you, or you may not like, but I have to ask them, why does Stacks need a token? Yeah, so I think I get that question a lot. It's very, very important. Uh, so the, the, the base thing there is that Stacks has a separate ledger from Bitcoin. And this comes from, again, the earlier application that I talked about when we were building uh, the OneName app directly on Bitcoin. We had to store a lot of this additional data on the Bitcoin ledger, and nobody likes that. The core developers didn't like it. People don't want like you know non-transactional data, which is actually an order of magnitude larger than Bitcoin's uh, data. So you need to store that data somewhere. Right? So for certain use cases, like for example, Lightning does not have a global ledger. And then there are certain types of applications you can build with Lightning, right? Like there's no state, there's no kind of like global ledger attached with Lightning. RSK has a global ledger, uh, Liquid has a global ledger, and Stacks has a global ledger. And all these three systems have picked different um, trade-offs. 
uh, Liquid says that we're not going to introduce any token, but it's sort of centralized, right? Like uh, it is controlled by a federation, and they are the miners on the system. They control the ledger. They, the federation basically decides whatever is the history on the on the ledger. Right? Some people are fine with that. Some people are like, sure, I will trust this, you know, group of companies. Uh, but there are other people who are like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to trust anybody, right? I want to have a decentralized global ledger, and to have a decentralized global ledger, just like Bitcoin needs incentives for miners to secure Bitcoin's global ledger, or you know, Ethereum miners need incentives for Ethereum uh, uh, miners to secure the Ethereum ledger. Uh, when you're introducing the global ledger at the stacks layer, you need the incentives to actually secure that global ledger. So I think that's the first aspect of it. Which is live today, uh, and and it's Stacks is a fully decentralized layer, right? Again, I I'm, I'm not saying that federations shouldn't exist. I think people who are comfortable with federations, they can go and use systems like Liquid. It's great that that option is already available, but there are many developers and people who feel more comfortable with a kind of like an open permissionless system, uh, and that's what they want to use, right? So for, for that, you you kind of like need the incentives to to secure the system. The second interesting property is what the work that's ongoing, which is that we're working on an economically incentivized Bitcoin peg. So almost by a definition of it, uh, there needs to be some asset or, or, or collateral on the other side of the peg uh, that is giving the economic security for why are people signing the peg out transactions. And again, there are similar problems because the way Liquid solves this problem is again, you trust the federation, right? So you're trusting the same, same companies to not only secure the global ledger, but also to sign the pegout transactions. And some people might be fine with it. They're like, I trust Blockstream. I trust the friends of Blockstream. They will always sign my pegout transaction. But if you want a more decentralized system, uh, uh, which that has an economic peg, where there is a decentralized group of parties that are doing the signature, uh, you need some asset to begin with on the other side, because that's how Bitcoin is appearing for the first time on the, on the, on the Bitcoin layer. So I think those are the two main reasons why, why the stack token exists. And I would also clarify that it's not trying to be money, right? It is, it, the, that token is not trying to compete with Bitcoin because the stacks layer cannot exist without Bitcoin, right? So it, 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 it is trying to help grow the Bitcoin economy and it, it plays a very kind of like, you know, much more limited role to incentivize securing the ledger and, and uh, uh, the ongoing work of actually securing the peg. Yeah, I, th I thought the point that you made at the beginning was, was pretty interesting about how you didn't want to store date, extra data on the base layer of Bitcoin. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think even if you know developers are mad at you or you're slightly raising transaction fees or whatever, you're just adding a bunch of junk to the, to the blockchain. I think eventually also, if, if Bitcoin really does become money and becomes this final settlement later, you're probably going to get priced out of, of being able to add data to the blockchain. So it's, right. it's not just like not make people upset. I would say it's more to like, hey, like that's not sustainable. Like you're eventually just going to have to build it somewhere so you're, else. You're making an excellent point, right? So this is this is where Stacks uh, started in 2017. That our our initial applications, when the 2017 uh, bull market happened, uh, it wasn't just about the additional data, but the transaction fees went to like fifty dollars, sixty dollars. I'm just trying to, a user is just trying to re register like a username with, you know, some profile data. They're not going to pay $50 to register that uh, at the blockchain there, right? So that's, that was the point uh, where it became really clear to people who were, who were working on the project that you need a separate layer, right? Like it has to be a separate ledger uh, because the Bitcoin ledger is going to be so valuable and so kind of like, uh, demand for block block space that you you would be priced out like these types of applications would just simply be priced out. So I think you are making a, making a great point there. Yeah, and if I heard you correctly earlier, you basically said Stacks is like still in its early stages, and eventually you're going to have this economically incentivized blockchain or, or side chain or whatever you want to call it. When when will that be like in full implementation, or do you have a date or like an idea? It's, it's ongoing work. I've kind of like, uh, you know, I would say the core design is maybe 80% of the way. And uh, and Stacks has historically been doing kind of like one major upgrade every six months to a year, right? And I think this one is going to take out, my, my guess would be at least nine months or more 
uh, because it's a fairly kind of like big upgrade to the to the core system, and it's a pretty decentralized ecosystem as well, right? Like it's a uh, it's it's really uh, modeled after Bitcoin, right? Like it's not a proof of stake system. Uh, it it uh, it 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 allows kind of like you know uh, some of the similar properties that the Bitcoin's uh, consensus mechanism allows for. It's very much modeled after uh, how Bitcoin works, but it's it's a separate layer uh, that 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 benefits in certain ways from the security of Bitcoin as well. That's another thing that we are potentially working on. Like how can we make the the separate layer of stacks uh, secured by a hundred percent of the hash power of Bitcoin, right? Like that would be, that would make a lot of people feel uh, uh, feel good as well. That hey, uh, this layer, yes, it's a Bitcoin layer, but actually a hundred percent of Bitcoin's hash power is securing it. And I think that would be a pretty pretty interesting uh, thing that we're we're currently working on. It's R and D stages. Yeah, that's fair. What what would you say to the segment of, of Bitcoiners that just say, hey, stacks the token is just an affinity scam, like? You're going up to Bitcoiners. You're saying like, "Hey, like we're building on Bitcoin. Buy my token." What would you say to them? I think the first thing I would say is like, n- nobody really says "buy my token," right? Like if you if you look at even some of the the, the folks here, uh, they're not trying to sell you anything, right? Like it's a very developer focused type of a community, uh, and I think the only place where these people interact is probably Twitter, right? Like uh, a lot of the the developers they're just building stuff and and and. The communities that they hang out in, not a lot of these critics actually even interact there. Like if you go to the hackathons where people are building stuff, if you go to the Discord channels where developers hang out or on GitHub, like the critics are and the developers, they don't even get to mingle that much, right? Like developers are kind of like doing their own thing. And Twitter is probably the only place where you would see some of that interaction. And I would I, w- I would just say that the devil is always in the details, right? Like because... Uh, are developers coming uh, to Stacks? The answer is yes. And these people could have gone anywhere, right? So the fact that these people are excited about a Bitcoin layer and they want to come and do interesting things with BDC, right? So the question becomes, is it better for a developer to go and build a, a um, you know, uh, let's say a Uniswap-like application on Ethereum or Solana or somewhere else versus coming to a Bitcoin layer and trying to do something interesting with BTC, right? Like you're kind of like using Bitcoin. I would say that's a that's a positive thing for for the for the Bitcoin economy. And and, and similarly, uh, you know, having more developers. I think there was a very interesting survey where um, uh, people were measuring like you know how many active developers are there in either Bitcoin or the Bitcoin layers. And I think Lightning and, and Stacks are probably the two biggest. Uh, layers around Bitcoin that have real developer traction. So I would I would say that it, the the criticism would be like if if someone is actually running a scam, right? Like if someone is like trying to fool people or do anything like that. This project actually did a SEC qualified offering, meaning that uh, the offering was fully kind of like you know legal in the U.S. Uh, uh, it it basically uh, is held at the same level of accountability and transparency as any uh, stock that trades publicly in the, in the US. Like that's what a SEC qualified offering means. So people who, want to, who wanted to participate, they, ha- they had all information disclosed to them is a perfectly legal thing to do in the US. And that's how the project started. And people are building, right? Like they're not chilling. They're not trying to kind of like sell people anything. They're mostly a group of developers who are just building interesting applications. Yeah. So, so is Stacks like an actual like security, quote unquote, like a legal security? Or, yeah. or we okay. we did a lot of work there, right? So the offering uh, complied with the SEC's regulations, and even in the offering, it basically said that uh, you know if if the system is decentralized enough, then it doesn't need to uh, comply to the security regulations. And then the question always becomes: This is what 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 the hard thing is that how will the SEC determine that if something is decentralized enough, right? From our side, we gave a legal framework, like it's public, it's from a very reputed law firm, Wilson Sonsini, that worked on basically when the Stacks layer mainnet happened, uh, the ecosystem basically decentralized, right? Like there are independent companies, close to maybe 50 of them that work in the ecosystem uh, a lot of the early team members even, like they're not even at a single company, right? Like I, 
uh, the people who were kind of like working on the project before it launched, they're not they're, they're not even in, in a single company. Uh, and same with the token distribution, like there's no single individual or company that has anywhere close to double-digit supply of, of the of the token. It's very decentralized. Like many different people uh, have 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 uh, access to the original distribution. So our and the miners are independent, right? Independent set of miners came in. Uh, some of the early people or folks who developed the code base, they, they don't even mine on the network. There's a set of independent miners that do it. So unlike you know some of the other projects out there, there has been a very huge focus on decentralization, even as a Bitcoin lawyer. Right? And then I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a regulator. Uh, I think the question is always, what are the regulators going to think? That is the system decentralized enough or not? But one thing I can say for certain is that nobody can say that the token offering was illegal. Right? The token offering was fully compliant uh, with the U.S. Uh, regulations. And then the system, when it launched, uh, is as decentralized as people could have made it. Right? And there is a legal framework that people can read about, how lawyers would argue that this is, this is actually decentralized enough. Uh, but I don't think you're going to get any clear answers from, uh, from regulators on that. So basically, like your position right now is like Stacks is not a security, but you've done everything properly. That if for some reason SEC does just decide to crack down on all of this stuff yeah. in the whole crypto space, that you Stacks would still be all right and you would be okay. Exactly. I think I think it's basically like um, the legal position is uh, the the framework that we put out that when the independent miners came in and launched the network. After that, there's no single, no company. There's no company that people are relying on, right? Because the ecosystem decentralized, people just went off, did their own thing. It's, it's like saying that uh, if, if it's a security, what is a security off? Which company is there that people are relying on uh, with the expectation of profit, right? So if there is no company and it's a decentralized ecosystem and it's kind of like working, right? And that was a huge risk, frankly. Like you're, you're kind of like saying that the, or that there is no single company that is going to come in and ensure that mining is happening, that people are building and doing all those things, right? Which, which a lot of these projects do. Like there's usually one big company that is really responsible for everything, right? We being Bitcoiners believe a lot more in decentralization. So we took the risk of like running it as a decentralized project that let, let organically independent companies come and developers come and, and come and build here, right? So that's the that's the stance that the offering was done under uh, securities regulations, and after mainnet launch, we think it's decentralized. If somebody thinks it's not decentralized, then they should come and basically prove that it's, it's not decentralized enough, or what what regulation should we be following? But we have done our best uh, to follow the law uh, uh, as much and above and beyond like I think anybody would have done. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting how this space since, like, 2017 has really just blurred the lines between, like, what is actually a security and what is a security. Because I would say most Bitcoiners will say, you know, even post-hyper-Bitcoinization, if that ever happens, they would say, like, hey, there's still going to be, like, investments, there's still going to be securities, there's still going to be equities. But then these, you know, new tokens have kind of, I'm not saying stacks particularly, but other tokens, like, maybe very clear securities, and, like, they're raising money and they have a huge organization that's trying to basically help their investors profit off investing in their coin. And then there's some that are like actually like very like on the border. It's like, wait, is this actually security or is this not a security? And it's, it's, it's very difficult to actually draw the real line. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, last question, then we'll wrap this up. Uh, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but I saw you took a two week uh, hiatus from Twitter. Why did you do that? Uh, I, I think like it's basically uh a, like, you know, there was some family stuff going on. I uh, wanted to spend a bit more time with my family. But I'm not fully back. Like, I, I think I enjoyed, like, the break so much that uh, especially I think, like, there are these echo chambers that get created. And there's a lot of, like, especially these days, especially in the Bitcoin community, I think there is a uh, – the people that I would consider more on, you know, the extreme end of the spectrum uh, – there is a constantly debate happening between that side and people who might be more open to, uh, you know, new applications, new kind of like Bitcoin layers, new types of kind of like people entering the Bitcoin economy. And I frankly just wanted to take a break from that because I think the Twitter discussions are are not going to decide anything. Uh, at, the, at the end, the market decides, right? Like at the end, 
um, developers and users are going to end up deciding what systems get used and what systems don't get used. Uh, so if there are like a ton of users that come in and they're using a Bitcoin layer, then over time that, that thing is going to be useful and valuable, right? And then it doesn't matter like if people criticize it or not because it ended up being successful from a market perspective. So I think a lot of people in the Bitcoin community do believe in free markets. So I've been just spending more time, uh, especially like these intellectually rich, deeper R&D challenges. This is, this is kind of like, you know, my background. I'm an engineer, I'm a computer scientist. So I've just been a lot happier uh, disconnecting from Twitter and just spending more time with the developers uh, working on the actual technology. Yeah, I think that's a great spot to wrap it up at. I mean, uh, I think this is a good conversation. I think it was a balanced conversation between me, very Bitcoin focused, and, and you building stacks. Um, I personally don't own stacks. I probably won't buy it, but I do support you know building different layers on Bitcoin, and I think you know that's a that's a noble pursuit. Um, but thanks for coming on the podcast. Hope hope you enjoyed it. And uh, is there anywhere you want to send listeners after this? No, thanks a lot. This was this was great. I think these are the kind of healthy debates we should be having more of in the community. And in terms of uh, more information, I would say at uh, Muneeb is M-U-N-E-E-B. That's my first name on Twitter. And we didn't get to talk about my company, which is called Trust Machines, uh, that is building applications in the Bitcoin ecosystem, regardless of which layer it is, right? So if for payments... Uh, you know, Lightning is obviously the best solution. We'll use Lightning. Uh, we're doing interesting things with DLCs, and obviously we use uh, the Stacks layer as well because we think that the smart contract capability that it brings is actually very useful. So my company uh, is more about Bitcoin layers than about any particular uh, Bitcoin layer out there. So you should go and check out Trust Machines. It's trustmachines.co, and we are we are uh, we are hiring. Uh, we are even trying to get uh, folks to hack on things like Lightning and, and, and Bitcoin itself. Uh, we have a, a business interest in seeing the entire stack succeed, right? Like, which includes the base layer, which includes kind of like the other uh, Bitcoin layers that people are building. Awesome. Yeah, sounds great. Everybody go build on Lightning then and, and build on the other layers as well. Um, but thanks for coming on. Enjoyed it. Um, we'll, we'll get this uploaded quickly. All right. Thanks a lot.